The views and opinions expressed by guests on Connected do not necessarily reflect those of Side Street Studio Arts. and welcome to Connected. It's the podcast from Side Street Studio Arts where we have conversations with members of the arts community and today is a special vote local edition of Connected where we are talking about the art and local politics um, with those running for Elgin City Council. I am Erin Rayberg, one of the founders and executive directors of Side Street Studio Arts and I'm joined today by Richard Johnson. Hello, hello. Hello, thank you so much for having me on. Thanks for being here. We appreciate your time. Um, I'm going to dive right in because I want to know your Elgin story. What are you doing in Elgin? How'd you get here? What's your story? <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I was thinking all about this and, you know, the, the cool thing is, is I could just say, you know, my Elgin story starts uh, when I was born, 1978, a long time ago, as I continue to recognize how old I'm getting quickly. And, uh, and, you know, working with high school students, that reminds you how old you're getting quickly. Mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, so it starts way back in 1978. I was born actually in uh, Geneva, but dad was working in St. Charles at the time. I guess it was easier than going over to Sherman. Uh, but yeah, I grew up in Elgin, uh, on the Elgin's east side. Um, I grew up there on uh, Village Street, you know, right across from where the Courier News, um, that's where it used to be, right? The main office of Courier News right across the street there. And, and there was no such thing as a Grand Victoria back then. Um, but now it's just a couple of blocks from where I grew up. Um, right there, Davidson Park's right there. You know where that World War One memorial is uh, for all those people that fought and died in uh, World War One that were from Elgin. So um, crazy thing that we talk about, you know, my Elgin story is that uh, mom and dad came from pretty far away from Elgin, actually. Um, dad was born in Duluth, Minnesota. Um, ended up following his father here who came here to work at uh, Senior Flexonics in Bartlett. And dad came here when he was still a teenager. Uh, mom came here to Elgin when she was still a teenager as well. Um, and uh, she's from Guayaquil, Ecuador. So that's really far away. Um, and yeah, so like I said, then uh, they ended up here and the rest is history. Um, I went to Channing. Um, I went to Ellis. And where, okay, if I can for a moment, I get to brag just a little bit about my acting chops because <laughs> I'll have you know, I was named Outstanding Drama Student of the Year in eighth grade. Let the record show. See, I'm a double threat, I guess, right now. So yeah, I had the lead in the all school play that year. So yeah, going way back, I had a love for the arts, um, especially when it came to acting, because I guess that's the only thing I could do back then. I was never had any actual artistic talent. Uh, I can't draw to save my life. I, um, I used to think I could sing and, uh, my wife reminds me every time I try to, that, uh, I definitely can't, um, <laughs> even though I was in choir back then and so forth. Right. Um, and tried to play an instrument, forget about it. I've tried multiple times and, you know, I, I, I give it the effort. I swear I do. It just, uh, never works out for me, but so all that being said, yeah, I went to Elgin high school. That's where I played uh, multiple sports when I was there. Um, and a lot of times, too, what I was doing was helping out in uh, I was, you know, part of the class council. Um, even back then, again, you know, for me, it was always about service to others. So helping out in soup kitchens. I helped out in food banks back then. Um, and still, I think, it was, which is kind of cool when you talk about full circle, that uh, many times I've taken my own students now as a teacher to these food banks to, to give some of that time back to other people who 
who have less. Um, I grew up uh, not having a whole lot either um, with mom and dad and me and three brothers. My poor mom, I know she had she had three and she had four boys. So um, with all of us in one single house, uh, didn't have a whole lot, but you know we had a, a lot of sport and a lot of love and that's the most important part, right? Um, but yeah, so um, I met my wife at Elgin High School, my sophomore year of high school, my sociology class. Um, so after I graduated with Elgin Community College, so again, I hope we're seeing a the theme. This is me being in Elgin the whole time. I went to ECC and, uh, and I'm gonna also state for the record, emphatically that uh, I could, I've spent a lot of time in school. Um, I have a, I have an undergrad, I have a graduate degree, and then I went to, and got my JD as well. So I have a law degree. I spent a lot of time in classrooms and I'll tell you right now that the professors I had at ECC were absolutely fantastic. They were the best, some of the best I had. Um, just, uh, you know, like I said, even with me as an educator, still thinking about some of the things that they did, um, really, uh, you know, I do not discourage any of my, I encourage my students that they should, you know, explore going there. I think it's a, it's a great place to be. Um, they, like I said, just amazing storytellers, super supportive. And of course they knew their subject matter. So that's always important, right? So after I did that, um, I went on to finish uh, my degree at Roosevelt University. Um, started teaching in Elgin High School. So luckily I got hired. My first job actually was back in Elgin U46. Um, so being a graduate and going back was a, was a super weird thing for me, right? Having to, uh, I remember getting yelled at by one of my colleagues because, you know, the first week I was still calling her Miss Hank. Like, <laughs> you know, call me Pat, don't call me Miss Hank. And I was like, I'm sorry, it's weird. I, I You just were my teacher not too long ago. So um, but yeah, I mean, that was uh, an experience in and of itself. I got hired uh, the weekend before school started. So uh, yeah, getting to uh, start right away. Um, yeah, it was a one-year contract. So I ended up um, looking for a job right after that. And and as luck would have it, there was an opening. I ended up at Bartlett High School and have been in U46 ever since. This is my 19th year teaching and uh, I love it. Um, I can tell you right now that I, I love working with kids way more than I like working with adults, but it's okay. I got to do both, right? Um, I did spend two years as president of the Elgin Teachers Association. So again, um, you know, really thinking that's important in supporting all the people that are that work here in Elgin, that a lot of them live here in Elgin. Um, it really was an honor for me to, to, to do that. Um, a ridiculous amount of work for those two years. Um, but yeah, I still obviously live in Elgin. I'm now on the uh, Elgin's west side. I love it here. I'm raising my family here. I have one daughter. Her name's Anika. And uh, I got three dogs that you'll, you'll hear them at some point, I'm sure. Um, two of them are really big and one's really small. So uh, yeah, I got, I got too many things in my house, but uh, no, that's really, that's, that's me. It's, it's always been tied to Elgin. Uh, I never really wanted to, to, to leave here when we, um, when my wife and I bought our first townhouse, it was still in Elgin. And when we bought our single family house, we're still here in Elgin and um, this is where we want to be. And uh, yeah, that's, that's really that's me. I have to, I relate to you on a number of levels. One born in 1978, right? <laughs> so we know exactly where we are. What exactly. Life we're in. Two, I lived in Duluth for a year. Woo! So I love, love that connection, right? <laughs> That's beautiful. Oh, what was the third one? Oh, and of course I know you went to Elgin and I went to Larkin. So, right. right we can, 
battle and relay <laughs> on, on those levels. So. And say, so, yeah, we, we we can we can look past that for this one, right? For the this 30 minute session alone. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I tell them, yeah, sorry, I, I can't do it with the Royals. I I, I bleed maroon and cream still. I do. <laughs> Absolutely. Um yeah, your your girls basketball team could obviously uh, beat ours back then, but I think our yeah. guys took yours a couple times. So they okay. did, and man, there, there was nothing more fun than uh, going to those basketball games. The uh, the atmosphere, the uh, yeah, you could cut it with a knife, man. It was uh, it was great, <laughs> and then, great. well, except for the shenanigans that would happen outside of that too. <laughs> I remember the rumble at uh, oh, at what was God. that? What was that uh, restaurant? Why am I Colonial? Yep, yep. Remember the crazy. And now it's closed. So I know, and (laughs) and, yeah, it's crazy. Um, So, so we could go down memory lane. We walk away from that. (laughs) Um, So I feel like there's a clear trajectory to running for Elgin City Council. But why now? Why this moment? Why are you running for Elgin City Council? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I feel like uh, sometimes I think that everything is random and sometimes I think it all makes sense, too, at the same time. Um, in 2017, I decided that, uh, you know, as being a teacher all this time that I really wanted to advocate for education. And so at the time I ran for state representative in 2017 uh, for District 65. Um, and at the time, uh, my dad was living with grandpa um, and uh, grandpa at that time, we started to realize was having some so mental health issues, in this case, really what he was, so, not a, I shouldn't say mental health, but he was suffering from dementia. Um, he was forgetting things that, and you, you know, grandpa had one of those um, memories that was ridiculous that you were always jealous of, that he remembered every single detail of everything and he could remember stuff from 50 years ago. And when you could tell that he wasn't remembering all those things, you know, um, it, you, you could see it kind of deteriorate. And at the time, um, so it was right around that time, my dad gets diagnosed with C- CP. Um, CPOD and or COPD, CPOD, COPD, and um, really had a hard time even taking care of himself. He was there helping with grandpa and uh, had a hard time even taking care of himself. So we had a family member who said, oh, well, I'll come out, I'll help out and uh, was staying there and living with grandpa and helping him out. And uh, everything was fine until we start to get calls. And my brother actually gets one of the calls and it's a local bank in Elgin that says, hey, just so you know, we're a little worried. There's a lot of withdrawals going on and, you know, you know, your heart sinks. Right. And, um, you know, as we continue to look into it and see that uh, it was thousands and thousands of dollars that were missing. And so at that point, you know, really trying to find any support that you can get, of course, um, you know, looking into what we have here in Elgin, including um, senior services. Um, Grandpa bought that house actually before I was born. Um, and so, um, that was, you know, that was his place. That was his domain and, um, really not wanting to take grandpa out of that environment, you know, trying to see what can we do? What kind of supports can we get, um, to make sure that he can stay in his home? The only home that he's known in Elgin pretty much. I mean, he had little places here and there, but that really, like I said, 40 years in that home. And so senior services, the people there were wonderful. Um, they were professional, they were caring. Um, but also it, it, taught me too that they were understaffed and overworked. Um, a lot of times being hamstrung by what they could do or what they could offer. Um, you know, so that made me really want to kind of learn more and see where else I could be part of the solution. Um, I think that that's what I've tried to spend my life doing is not only, you know, being in service of others, but also try to be a problem solver when I can. And so um, I really wanted to see not just people like grandpa, but of course, grandpa too, 
uh, but everyone else in the community making sure that they get the services they need. And so for me, it really came down to really seeing what we could do, um, especially social service wise, what we could do for people in Elgin. Um, you know, when we're talking about obviously unprecedented times, right? You know, in this pandemic, we know people need to be protected. They need to be safe. They need to be informed, all these things by their city. And really, I think it starts with that. And so really for me, even though, you know, I have this background then it looking at it in, in a different viewpoint is running for the state. It really kind of hit home for me too, that wait a second, let's, let's look at your own backyard first. Right. And so for me, um, when I, when I knew that all the openings would happen here in the Elgin city council, I think the timing just worked. And I said, yeah, this is what I want to do. This is my home. This is where I've been. Um, let's work here first and let's, let's, let's get this in order. Um, it was really important to me. What has your past involvement and in support of the arts looked like? So um, I really love all the thing, all the arts and culture, like I said, especially because I can't do any of this stuff. So getting to see it for myself and getting to experience it. Um, I haven't done any acting since high school, so I have to go watch other people do it. So, um, but no, in, in that, yeah, I've been to the Elgin Film Festival uh, multiple times. Um, actually, even one of my colleagues, his son actually, actually had entered in. Um, I'd been there multiple times at the Elgin Film Festival. Um, I've been to the Elgin Fringe Festival. And, you know, side note, I've been to the Fringe Festival in, in Edinburgh one time, too. Ooh, show yeah. off. It was incredible. It was incredible. So um, I think Elgin is on his way with that as well. But it's um, but yeah, so I've been to the Fringe Festival there. And of course, um, my wife, Carly Kirkpatrick, who, you know, um, is one of the people that helped with the organization for the Elgin Lit Fest. So um, obviously I was there. I think one year I missed because I had Saturdays. Uh, I think I had law school classes on Saturdays that semester. So, but otherwise I was there, I had helped out, um, volunteered there. Um, I know that uh, my wife also was part of the cultural arts, arts commission before. And of course I always asked her everything I could find out about it. Right. Um, I've been to battle of the bands. Um, I've been to exhibitions at side street. Um, one of my uh, close friends, I remember, and I don't even remember what the actual event was, but there was some sort of painting competition they did. I think it was at side street. Um, which was such a cool thing. Um, I just remember they had some sort of time sort of thing. All right, hey, you got 10 minutes. Our some. art battles, yeah. That's the one. It was <laughs> incredible. It was so cool. And so, you know, really just making sure that I'm doing all these things and being part of it again. Like I said, Elgin has is, is, is been in my blood. So I've been uh, part of all those things. Luckily, I've been able to get as many of them as I can. I stay so busy with what I do at the school. Um, I also want to make sure that it isn't just my school community, but it is my my Elgin community that I'm giving my time to as well. You, uh, Elgin often calls itself a city of the arts in, in a number of areas. And how do you feel about the city's current support and involvement in the arts and culture? Um, and what would you support or change or alter? Yeah. And so um, I know as for anything, and, and one of the things that I'm always looking at here, right, in my run for city council is, is what can we do better? Because I think there's plenty that we can do better. Right. And I think that they've they've actually come a long way. And I'll say this over and over again as, as I'm on the campaign trail. Um, I grew up in, in, in Elgin in the 80s and 90s and what it is now compared to then is just it's 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 ridiculous. It's eye opening. Um, and what I'll say is that I know as far as I, I love the idea of what they've done with the artist lofts um, in bringing people here. Um, we know um, that there are studies that show too that a thriving art scene is incredibly advantageous to its people, to the city. Um, it brings visitors, right? It creates some sort of pride in the community. 
Um, it attracts people to work and to live in this city. Um, I think, uh, if I remember right, I thought there was some other affordable housing they're trying to bring um, in somewhere off of DuPage, I think it was, um, that they're trying to bring into the city as well to make sure that we're still um, continuing our support of the arts um, here. Um, I think they've done a pretty good job. Um, I know that they also have the, the art showcase on the top floor of the professional building. Um, we have someone on staff. Uh, I, I know I've met Amanda before. Um, obviously, the commission gives out grants to artists in the city. Um, I mean, we have such a, a variance, too, of all these different things. Um, but the idea of can we do better? Yes, absolutely. And for me, one of the things that I think we need to take advantage of, and, and I've had a couple of conversations with those on the city council about it, too, in looking at funding as far as funding that we could get from the federal and state level. And as I look through these things and I see that the federal government has billions of dollars that are available for the arts. Um, and so one of the things that I would push for really is trying to um, increase our funding through the use and through the application of all these grants that we can get from the federal government. What else we can get from the state as well. Um, we really need those funds to support the arts here in Elgin to continue. Um, it's it's, it's um, not just its existence, but its chance to thrive. We have such great things, you know, the, the, we can talk about the symphony orchestra, of course, side street, the art showcase, the Elgin youth theater, uh, youth orchestra, choirs. I mean, there's so much here. We need to make sure we're supporting it all. And if we were to acquire some of those granting funds, which you're, you're right, there's kind of, there's some vast wells out there. Mm -hmm. um, wh what would you think about disseminating them? Where, where would they go and, and what kind of thought or input, you know, would you want to gather on that? So that's a great question. So, you know, that's the thing. <laughs> One of the things that I tend to hear most, right, is, um, you know, as I'm meeting with people, especially when it comes to money, right, that I think that we need to make sure that we are having the right people having a seat at the table when it comes to how those are dispersed, right? That I, I am not an expert in everything, that's for sure. Actually, I don't know that I'm an expert in anything, right? It's kind of that master of none sort of thing. But in that same vein, right, um, I think one of the things that I've learned um, as, as an educator is sometimes you need to shut up and listen, um, and whether it is, um, you know, your students, your parents, or whoever it is, right, um, and even again, even more importantly on the campaign trail is listening to the people that you want to represent because you want to represent their interest. So in the same way, um, I think that that's now where I'd have to reach out to our community and really find out where are the needs, right? Um, you know, my vantage point is way different than others. And I want those that are actually doing the work, those that are actually, um, you know, putting together these things, um, the organization, um, just the actual art itself, right? And so for me, it really would be starting there is, okay, how do I find, I know we have an art commission and that's great. Um, and they, they represent the interests of people as well. But um, I think we can still go further than that and really look at where we have leaders in that community and they should have a seat at the table in, in deciding where that gets dispersed. You mentioned um, a lot of entities that are downtown and, you know, Side Street is downtown. A lot of cities, the downtown is a hub for arts and culture. Mm -hmm. um, do you see that happening in Elgin? Um, and should or can more be done to support that? You've mentioned some things already. And then as a follow-up to that, moving outside of downtown Elgin, what do the arts and culture look like outside of this hub? Um, what are you seeing? Yeah, you know, it really, it gets me to reflect a lot about, you know, what I'm doing 
and where I live, right? So um, whenever you're anywhere near that Randall corridor, I feel like that's just kind of, you know, sucked up everything, right? And, um, you know, one of the things that I really want to do is really try to instill some idea of, hey, everyone here that's in this Randall corridor, you're still part of Elgin, really trying to find that conduit between the west side and downtown. Uh, because, you know, I, I find it... Uh, it bothers me that, uh, you know, the many of the people that I live with in this area, right, they go to they go to Algonquin, they go to St. Charles, they go to Geneva, and we have a beautiful downtown, we have, um, you know, great restaurants and entertainment and arts that we really um, could be drawing people to. And I think that there's been it, it isn't for lack of effort and trying, I think that that's definitely the people are, are doing everything they can to get them there. So um, really trying to find that conduit, that's that's one thing that I'm trying to explore and figure out how to do that. I think our downtown definitely is a hub for the arts. There's no doubt about it. Like I said, I, I mentioned a million different things that are going there. Um, and I think it is, it's great. We need to make sure that it still can thrive with that additional and continued support. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, we can go on and on again. Our, you know, the outside art on the riverfront, the murals that are in the city, um, things of that nature. But I do think we are missing an opportunity. Um, on the west side and i'm still trying to figure that out is really how do we draw so whether it is trying to create some sort of hub of the arts on the west side but again i'm going to feel like then we're back to the, you know, the royals and the maroon sort of thing right you know but in that same way um i know that i spend a lot of time downtown um supporting those businesses and supporting the arts um i think part of it is too you know maybe it is also uh um an opportunity then to to really look at uh, increasing the businesses there, the residential areas as well as well in downtown, uh, to maybe draw some more people there. Great. Speaking of bringing people together, right in in this moment, that's tricky. <laughs> you know, yeah. before we started recording, we were talking about canvassing and that sort of thing. In this moment, um, I can't even imagine. And of course, it's impacting everyone. Uh, individual artists and arts organizations are no exception. And a place like Side Street or Hemmons, or you know, are going to be some of the last places to reopen in a way that is sustaining for them. Um, and so are you seeing Algin doing anything to support artists in this moment of the COVID-19 pandemic? And then what are your thoughts about necessary or important support as we re-emerge into um, a place where it is safe to come back to life a little bit? Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a tough spot to be in, right? I think that uh, there's going to be a lot of organizations that are going to struggle coming out of the pandemic. Right. Um, it's, it's funny because I almost have this feeling that uh, us as human beings have been changed in a different way, you know, being locked in our homes for the last uh, year. Um, and I think that to start, it is going to be, you're going to have those that are definitely hesitant um, to get out and to be in those places, especially like you said, and you mentioned the Hemmons, um, that idea of, um, you know, just being around lots of people, right? And uh, I think the way that I see this is I'm really hoping that this is just our chance, you know, for a, a reimagining, right? A chance for thought out ideas um, based on real reflection, you know, what is working and what isn't. Um, you know, I think we got nothing but time to sit and think about and talk about these things, right? Um, you know, and I think that hopefully then those things are well thought out, not just um, by those that really are missing that piece. And that's, you know, and I know part of this too is, is, you know, what does a recovery look like, but 
missing that chance to really express themselves. Um, you know, I, I really hope that we're able to find a way to support all these people, um, including, like I said, the city needs to do what it can to support. Um, I, I think it's about really trying to come together as a community and making sure that our local, our local businesses are supporting our arts as well. Um, and so really it's, it is that kind of, um, how do I say that, that joining of everybody to really start to, and I, I hope, and I believe that once we're able to get back out and be around human beings again, we'll recognize how great it was and, and really kind of have some sort of, uh, appreciation for it. And we really start, we'll start to work together, including really supporting, um, our arts. I think it's super important. Put you on the spot a little bit here. I think as bringing that educator perspective into this, I'm sure you are in moment to moment conversations about bringing people together or not. And yeah. the, the thousands of tangents that come off of that. And so I'm just wondering about your thoughts on um, the urgency and importance of that as it, you know, these things, education and the arts and community are not in silos, right? They're all braided together right. with a million other topics. Um, and so uh, what is the importance of us being in the same space again together, whether it be about the arts or, or something else? Yeah, you know, um, I, I, I tend to think about this a lot because, um, especially when you, when you bring up and it's, it's, it's exactly what I'm thinking too, is that there's, there's this idea of silos in which now it's almost become literal, right? Where we are physically separated. I think that there needs to be, again, it, 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 and I think of it in the context again of a form of expression, which is what we think of as art, right? And I think with that chance to really be able to do it again and do it with other people, um, there is this energy that, that, that we feed off of by being with other people. Um, I know that we have our, our introverts who are somewhat happy, I guess, sometimes, right? Um, but on that same end, we need human contact and we need um, that, that, social, that social aspect. So I think in being able to do that and recognize again, I, seeing people through a screen is not the same thing as seeing them in person. Um, and so I think it's really important that when we do break out of this and we're back together. I really hope that it is going to be now a chance for, um, like I said, a, a reinvigoration of lots of things that make us human. So I think including these arts and that, that, that way of expression, that, that catharsis, that release that you get from being able to use these forms of expression. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're not catharsizing enough right I now. I, think. <laughs> I know. And that's what I said. I got to imagine, you know, um, with with people who are not able to to practice their their preferred form of expression, it's got to be incredibly hard. Um, you know, so I feel for those people um, very much so, because like I said, um, you know, I, I wish that I could do that stuff, but I can't. And, you know, I know even my daughter still wants to get out and do some acting and be around people again. And part of her doesn't want to. So I'm really hoping <laughs> that uh, everyone is going to, is going to have that, 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 that realization that yes, again, it is about all of us. Um, and that's what I really hope will happen after all this finally goes away. Richard, we just have a couple minutes left. I'm wondering if there's anything you want to throw in that we haven't talked about yet or, or something important you want anyone to know. Well, um, I, I think that uh, I, I've said most of what I wanted to say. And I think, again, it's just I, I'm, I'm 
really looking forward to um, what this is going to look like afterwards. Like I said, to me, I really hope that this is a chance for a restart. It's, it's a, it's been a horrible time for so many people. Um, And like I said, it just, you know, really kind of harkens back to that last thing we're talking about, right? That I feel like there's so many emotions that everyone has tied up now and really hasn't had that chance to really, you know, um, let it go whatever way in which they do it best. Right. That, you know, we're in this pandemic, um, one that we haven't seen in generations, right? Um, we're disconnected. Um, but also, I think it's also been nice to reconnect with our own families and our own little homes, right? But still, I think that there's so much more that we haven't done. That chance to express our emotions about whether it's the loved ones that we've lost, the anxiety and the fear and worry that we deal with on a daily basis. Um, I want to work together as a city and as a community, as a, our community, um, and hope that, uh, that this is this is the future we're going to see. It is it is about working together. It's about doing it for all of us. Um, we chose to live here, and um, I want it to be a great place. It is a great place to live. It's a great place to raise a family, and uh, I really want that to continue. Um, I, I'd love to see some sort of way in which we could come together as a community to do some sort of community art project, um, whether it's you know something. Um, that expresses that 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 chance for us to get back out. I feel like it's almost like I'm breaking out and facing the sun, you know, for the first time, right? I'm hoping that 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 we can do that. Some sort of whether it's a mural, it's a quilt, it's something, whether it's something visual, something auditory, something that we can do together. Um, that we that'll be some sort of remembrance um, for the people that were lost, um, and I think also then a source of of hope for all of us moving forward. That's really what I want. Um, if anyone wants to ask you any more questions or learn more about you or just s- stare at you a little bit, how can they find you? So they can find me at Johnson for Elgin and that's F-O-R, not the number four, but F-O-R for Elgin.com. Um, and on Facebook, I believe it's Johnson for Elgin City Council. So they can find me on either one of those. Um, and that actually, and that's a, the email address too. If they want to send me an email, it's Johnson for Elgin at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, I'm, I, I answer. And I think even, I think I got the phone numbers on there too. Um, I forget what that number was. I got to find it. Oh, here it is. Uh, 847-450-6550. They can call. It goes to my phone and I'll talk to you. So any of those ways they can reach me. Got it. Thank you so much for your time and your thoughts today. Um, I'm sure we both want to encourage people to start thinking about their voting plan for early voting or day of, um, these local elections are the most important ones you can vote in. Um, These are the ones that make the biggest difference, right? It's the closest ones to home. These are the ones that we tend to forget about because we think about the, we think about the feds all the time. We think about the state, but this one really has that most direct connection to each one of them. So I, I encourage them to get out and vote, whether it's for me or not, but I hope it's for me. Uh, but whether it's for me or not, I, I really want you to get out and vote. It is it is your right. It is your duty to get out and do it. Um, go vote. And the local elections, too. They're important. Agreed. Agreed. Thank you for joining us. Everyone listening, thank you for listening. Be sure to follow us at Connected. If you are interested in Side Street Studio Arts, you can find us on all those social medias and sidestreetstudioarts.org. And we have a few more of these Vote Local podcasts to go. Check them out. Take the information. Put it in your pocket as you start to figure out your voting plan. Richard Johnson, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the time. Thank you. Uh, And hopefully, like I said, everybody gets out and votes and go support your arts. Absolutely. Thank you again. (laughs) Have a good one, all. 
Connected is a Side Street Studio Arts production. Music by Tanner Nolan. Produced by Nick Mataragas. To find out more about Connected and all the great things Side Street Studio Arts offers, please visit sidestreetstudioarts.org.